Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. Again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, a platform, a wonderful platform, a platform that is ever-expanding with great individuals like the one that's next to me that are focused on solving problems. We celebrate you here on this particular podcast because you are bold, brave, you dare greatly, and you're changing lives and you are changing the world. That's why we celebrate you on this podcast. And as you can tell by the buzz in the background, sort of buzz in the background, it's, not, it's pretty calmed down. But we are here at the Q1, first quarter of OMG, and it's a collection, once again, of incredible professionals that are solving problems. And if you have a problem, I guarantee you, you need to reach out to omg.org. I guarantee you, they're going to have somebody that uh, definitely knows what's going on. All right. Esri. E-S-R-I. It's lowercase, so don't even look at it for, you know, capital letters. And uh, his name is Mark. And he is in the hot seat. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. And right off the bat, Mark, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind. Okay, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. ready. I grew up in Barstow, California. Barstow, California. Did you really? Yeah. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Well, you're, I see Redlands yeah, right there. Yeah, that's the office. That's not where I am. That's, that's oh. where about, about 3,000 Esri employees, though, Boom. reside or at least uh, drop in on on a regular basis. We've got a huge campus there. It's like a, an oasis in the middle of the uh, in, Inland oh. Empire. Yep. Yeah. I, was, I was all bummed out because I used to go to Redlands all the time. Oh, did you? When yeah. was the last time you were there? I can't remember. You wouldn't recognize it. No, I can't you remember really that. You really wouldn't. No. I, I, growing up in Barstow, when we would, uh, um, we would call, go to, uh, we'd get our school closed down the hill, over the pass and down the hill into San Bernardino and yep. Redlands and Riverside, that's that whole area. stomping ground there, yeah. That's yeah. the company stomping ground, at least. Yeah, well. Well, that just bombed. Oh, no, it has oh, completely changed in the last few years, I could say, in large part to Esri. Um, I was there maybe 20 years ago when I was in uh, construction tech for another company and visited. And it was maybe three or four buildings with a bunch of trees. But now, like I said, 3,000 people are there. with It's, it's literally an oasis of, of beautiful landscaping and, and boulders and glass buildings that you, just, you wouldn't recognize. I think uh, Redlands as a whole gets underappreciated. It probably does. A, I mean, you, you got. Yeah, I I was born in in. Uh, uh, where was I born? <laughs> you forgot Fontana. Fontana. It's Fontana. It's Fontana. It's all in that area. It's like, and uh, well, the Inland Empire. That whole area kind Inland of has Empire, a. It's uh, all one uh, big uh, piece of. Yeah, concrete. I mean, people don't uh, brag about that area as much as maybe they should. But Redlands, I'm telling you, man, not a bad place. I almost moved there. Really? Almost, almost had to move there. I joined Esri three and a half years ago, just before COVID, and uh, made a three or four visits there. I was starting to do some house hunting, and then we proved we could do our job wherever we lived. So, uh, yeah, that makes uh, yeah. that makes complete and utter sense. So that'll be good. Well, all right, for the listeners out there, Mark, just sort of level set. Yeah. On on who you are, background, why you're an incredible professional from St. Louis, ish, <laughs> ish. Yeah. Well. Um, like I said, I joined Esri about three and a half years ago, having worked in the construction technology industries, the AEC industry as it's often known, for about 25 years prior to that. I worked at Autodesk a couple of times, worked at Hexagon, consulted to the likes of Trimble, and crossed paths with most of the construction technology companies over my 30 or so years. Got involved real early on in the days of CAD, 
uh, computer-aided design, got involved mm-hmm. in building information modeling, BIM, back in its earliest days. I've worked for you know, the big companies, like I mentioned, as well as a few startups that I've helped get off the ground. What are you, what, 75 years old? I'm 75 years old. I actually started work at six years old out of kindergarten. Yeah, they, they recruited me <laughs> off of the playground. <laughs> and then I did this, and I did that, and I got <laughs> mad skills here, and my CV's... I haven't even long. started. I haven't even started. You haven't even started. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm there. He's smarter than me, which is not saying much. Just FYI, that hurdle is quite, oh. quite low, my friend. I don't know right. a, is that a compliment to me, then? It is. It's, okay. It's a, it's, I'll take it's it a darn well. good one. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. It's a darn good compliment. All right. He's giving me questions, which I'm going to struggle with because I don't want to make See, if, if, if you can hear you it, can't even you can see them. it. And he's, and just he, wing it. Just wing it. Oh, I am. Okay, you're having a good uh, quarterly meeting here? Yeah, I actually had a, a few minutes just uh, just before this, right, a chance to give an update on the National Institute of Building Sciences, an organization of the U.S. government who ensures that we build things most effectively, use technologies rather than doing things old-fashioned way, funded by our tax dollars to uh, improve the way the built world gets built. So, I, isn't, isn't it just a it's, a, it's a common struggle, right? The technology is the technology, right? It. Smart people developing the technology, all good stuff. But the reality is, is it, it's always a human equation. Oh, always. And when you're sitting there talking to a, a body of whatever, it, it, you just got to, are they going to adopt it? What are they going to do? Are they going to embrace it? Are they going to run with it? Are they going to say, you know, or what, are they going to burn my house down? What, what is it? Yeah, people want change, but they never want to change. So, yeah, yeah it definitely true. is a, a human point. element. You yeah. could cut the best technology, the best software, the best marketing around it. The best learning tools don't matter if people don't understand the value of the the improvements that you're trying to, you know. But do you think it's it, it gets down to like the value, or is it just I, I don't want the headache? I mean, Sometimes. are you are you telling me I got to do something that I've been doing for X amount of years, and now you're saying I got to do it differently? That's a headache. That sounds like a headache to me. Oh, there's there's always that element of we've always done it this way. I've always done it this way. You're making my life harder. And yeah, you got to balance what might be a big picture improvement versus the uh, the individual who's got to change the way they think. And yeah, it gives them a headache every day. Why why am I why am I not using paper? Paper's easy. This is true. And and it's like the 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 devil you know. It's like yeah, it could be better, but I'll just do my I'll write on this piece of paper. Well, that's you know that's been the way of construction forever. I mean, I I saw something the other day. Someone pulled up an image. That dated back 3,000 years. I guess it was essentially a floor plan for a pyramid or something, which, you know, pretty basic square, I guess. But, um, you know, walls and window openings and door openings carved in stone. And then right next to it, a drawing from maybe 10 years ago, which looked identical. So, you know, we haven't changed in some ways all that much in 3,000 years. And yet, you know, there's right on the edge of some really big changes that we're talking about here at the, uh, the Digital Twin Consortium meeting. And, and I... I no doubt about it. I, I just think it's it's exciting time. So how are we changing? How are we? How are you saying? Hey, this industry is going to change because of this technology. And by the way, listener, if you're out there and you're saying I still like paper, just just take a deep breath and um, learn this stuff. Just FYI. Yeah. So I, I don't know if necessarily it's because of the technology why we're changing. The technology certainly is is changing the way we work. But I think the reasons behind it are bigger than. Um, than the fact that software is just everywhere. I think that there's a few things going on. Talk to um, me. So, folks like uh, you and I, who are in our last uh, few years of our career. Easy, hey, easy, sorry, fella. man. 
We're I'm being never replaced. retiring. I'm never retiring. It's whether you're retiring or not. Someone else is going to come in, and they've grown up with a, a phone in their hand since birth. They've been in front of a computer screen for 20 or 30 years more than you, nope. and uh, they're just going to expect when they go I'm to not work. Listening to your gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> no tech. No tech. No, it's, 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 as, as we're in front of multiple yeah. computers, right and here, and, and I got yeah. the cameras, and I'm doing my switching yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. You're a, you're a tech enthusiast, I, am, I can tell. I am, I but no, am there really is a big that. shift, and it started way before COVID or way before digital twins were being discussed. The fact that uh, baby boomers have been retiring and they're being replaced by millennials, who, like I said, that you know, tech is just their native language, and you're not going to want to go into work when you have to do things on paper when everything else in your life is done from the palm of your hand. And I agree with you 100% on that. I think that uh, old guys like us have to just get out of the way and, and allow the the youth to come in that uh, just makes decisions differently, moves, navigates the challenges a little bit differently. I, 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 I like the refreshness of that. It's like a nice cold beer. Well, and, you know, construction industry, even the biggest construction companies are still very much relationship-based, often generational. You know, the grandson takes over for the oh, dad yeah, and took over yeah. for grandpa. And in that instance of taking over generationally, that dynamic of uh, the, the grandson coming in who was a digital native, changing the way whatever his dad implemented 20 years ago when they first started using CAD is now 3D modeling and using GIS where I come from, um, you know, going out in the field with survey tools that are completely digital and abandoning the transit and abandoning yellow pads for, for tech. So with that said, I'm looking at your notes. I'm trying to. What, what do you? What's? What is G? How is GIS impacting the industry? Yeah. So GIS is um, something that, quite honestly, as an architecture, engineering, construction technology guy, was on the sidelines for me. I was deeply involved in the tools for drawing and doing 3D modeling. And GIS, which stands for Geographic Information Systems, essentially digital mapping, spatial analysis, putting together all kinds of layers to help you understand context, was not something that was in my toolbox as I was in the fields of architecture, engineering, and construction. But for the last five years or so, Esri, who I work for, the largest company in this space, decided to make a significant shift in its strategy as it pertained to the AEC space. Instead of competing with Autodesk, we formed a partnership with them. So no longer are we vying for the same dollars and going neck to neck and head to head for, um, for project opportunities with our software. We're collaborating. Our tools work together. So now you might do your planning and your design work in a CAD application or a BIM application. You'll bring it directly into the GIS tool or you'll create some maps in GIS made up of all kinds of layers and then have them underlay your model. So you know where that bridge is in context to the city grid. You'll know where that building is and how it's oriented relative to the prevailing winds or traffic flow or where the competition is for the client who you're working with. So GIS is making huge inroads. So why, why is this important? I get it. I, it would be great to be able to know exactly where that road goes and exactly know where that bridge is set and that building and all of that. Why? I, I don't, uh, for the listeners, explain why that's important. Yeah, um, you know, I think it boils down to one word, context. And the work that designers do, planners do, often exists without context. They'll start out their application, whether it's a computer-aided design CAD tool or a building information modeling BIM software with a blank screen. And they've got to put that first line down, representing a wall or representing a, a, an alignment line through a city or a railroad yard that wants to expand. And without the context of what is around you, 
I don't see how these days you could make that educated guess, how you can make design decisions without that context. And that's what GIS brings uniquely compared to all these other technologies that folks use. They can see not just the city grid, they can understand where um, neighborhoods that need investment might be. They can understand. How, how, okay, how, how, do they, okay. how do they know that? So, so I, I got it, but how do they know that? Take us. Yeah, I'll, I'll take you there. So yeah, I mean, GIS is a little bit of, um, of a black box to a lot of folks in a lot of industries if yep. they haven't worked with it. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas drawing tools and modeling tools, you're dropping roads onto a, 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 you know, a virtual piece of paper or you're putting you know, yeah. the, the building footprint onto a, a piece of paper. But GIS is all about data layers. Those layers might be satellite imagery. They might be census data that's been organized so that you can actually understand the demographics of a location. It might be um, important points of interest, whether it's landmarks or restaurants or grocery stores or hospitals. It might be weather patterns, like I said. So all these layers come together into a map-like ah, location-intelligent right. environment. And then on top of that, you start doing your planning and your designing and your construction planning. It, it it brings about a, a more holistic view of that area, Very and, nice, so. and you can, it does, you can probably layer in whatever your mind. Oh, I mean, it's it like is whatever. Beyond, it's like yeah. okay, here's these are non-negotiables. You got to have this, 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 and this. And there it is, right there. But we could pull in this, and we could do this. We could do this. We could pull in all of that, and boy, paid a hell of a picture. Yeah, no, I mean the the kinds of things you can do with all the kinds of imagery that's being generated from satellites, yeah. fixed wing, drone, you can take those images now, run a, a, a deep learning model against that and generate details about every single tree that's in your city. Yeah. Details about your lamp posts that exist just through imagery. Overlay that, like I said, on top of the traffic flow patterns. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm, Mind blown? Uh, I'm Mind blown? No, it's no, not, not yet. yet. Okay. Not yet, not okay. yet. But I am Let's going to... Uh, how do you keep up? Let's say when you take uh, trees, trees change, things change. Yeah, everything change. How do you, how do you keep up with that? Uh, the imagery is being collected on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, our entire Earth is being mapped by satellites at you know whatever hundred miles or tens of miles above the surface. Um, if your project is a little bit more dynamic than that, and you can't rely on quarterly views from satellites that might be in your region, you might hire an airplane. You might hire a survey crew. We're now flying Cessna 172s at whatever, 4,000 feet, okay. capturing images. And these images actually aren't just a, a, a top-down view. They're coming in at multiple angles, able to generate a 3D model of your environment with the trees, with okay, the buildings. So, okay, so here. So I, uh, with that dynamic um, activity of identifying and keeping current with all of the different layers, and I, I could see that, and it just... Who's, who's pushing that? Now you not you're not I you're you're just providing a platform that can be able to do that. Yes and no. Because I was going to say if I come <laughs> to you and it's like, "Hey, I'm going to be doing something here." Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so Esri, we are the software provider. Yes. We're the ones who put together the desktop right. tools and the cloud-based tools and all kinds of extensions for doing all kinds of analysis against data. We ourselves aren't flying airplanes. But we've got I think 3,500, almost 4,000 partners there you go, who too. go out and collect data, who build extensions, who do consulting services on top of our software. So off the top of my head, a company called Nearmap, a company called Aerometrics, two companies who have hmm. dozens, if not hundreds of planes. Uh, companies like Maxar, who are 
you know, have satellites circling the globe at any time and can get them to exactly where you need them to be to capture that imagery. And then we host that on a site called Living Atlas of the World, where if you're an Esri user, you've got a login, you go to that site. How can I get a free login? Don't, don't tell me. You that. can go to livingatlas.esri.com and access this information. Some of it is freely available. Some of it is through subscription. Um, some of it you need in Esri software to plug it into. And then those are your because, layers. Because the reality is, is that your software, if you have a constant flow of information that continues to add and create value for your platform, the, the, the more valuable it is for me. Oh, certainly. And, exactly. and it makes it simple. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, we, we can't expect every individual to go out and fly their own airplane to capture imagery. No. So we find partners that do that. Our partners find us. Um, you know, we're about 50 years old. Uh, the founder started the company, come out of uh, Harvard 50-something years ago with yeah. a degree in landscape architecture, opened up the business in Redlands, California, Redlands. From, from Boston, and uh, since then has grown it to, you know, we're, we're a multi-billion dollar company with thousands of employees. And although we might do, you know, in the neighborhood of a billion or two billion dollars a year, our partners are another 10 to 20 times of that. So we're, yeah. we're building out an economy of 20, 30 billion dollars around this GIS space through ourselves and our partners. And, and, and the reality is, is that I, I see one, if I understand all of these patterns and I overlay it in an area, then, then it helps me, and I'll simplify it dramatically, uh, make better business decisions. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. Yeah, and, Do and I really it, want to be here, given this, that, and the other thing? Because all it's all accurate data. So th that's interesting. Well, yeah, business decision, you know, through my lens of architecture, engineering, and construction, it's how do you want your building oriented and how do I use less energy on this building? It's all, yeah. you know, around the built world. Yeah. But if you're Walgreens or Target or Walmart or Starbucks, you want to know where your store should be. And you want your store to be based on the best demographic information I, and where your competitors are and where the traffic flow is going, all yeah. that. You know what I think? I think Walgreen finds the place and then GNC goes across the street. <laughs> well, they, they very often do. Well, so if, if you're GNC, you want to know where all the Walgreens are. <laughs> and are. where were they successful? And where did they only last for six months? So, listener, if you go out there and find a Walgreen, I guarantee you there's a GNC someplace. Near. Put, 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 a, put a glass on that map and draw a circle around the it right is. there, and you'll, you'll find at least one GNC within a, an orange juice glass I'm away from you, that, that Walgreens. Even in my small town, it's like, oh, check it out. Anyway. Um, so where do you see it going? Where do I see it going? Yeah. What's, a, what's, what's the future look like outside of the fact that okay. this is pretty doggone cool? Create a crystal ball here. And yeah, let's put that on. Um, you know, Karnak's some, uh, hat yeah. on. You know, in some ways, what we're talking about here at this conference, Digital Twin Consortium, we've been doing for a long time. We've been building virtual models of our physical space, collecting information of that physical space, and then visualizing it somehow in a, in a 3D environment, hopefully, so that you know what's going on. That's just going to become mainstream and commonplace for projects of all size. Yeah. I mean, typically in the past, it was projects that were more complex, that were more mission critical. Hospitals and airports, certainly this has become standard. I think these capabilities of putting sensors in buildings, understanding their conditions, and then automatically affecting that building, opening windows, turning on chillers, controlling traffic, automatically is going to become standard practice as sensors and physical models and the virtual model and great visualization all come together. Did we cover everything? I think we covered a lot. I don't know. I could talk about this for hours. How much, no, how much time I, do you I, have? I got it, man. I, I can. Uh, well, I could too, but I don't think, you, you know, it is what it is. Very cool. Very cool stuff, man. I'm just telling you, I, I'm, all, I'm all giddy about the future. I am too. 
Future's so bright, I gotta wear shades, right? Yeah, there you go. By the way, I like your glasses. Thanks, Good man. specs, man. All right. How do people get a hold of you? They can probably find me on LinkedIn individually and personally really easily. Mark Goldman, Mark with a C. Um, yeah. Esri.com slash AEC yeah. is where you'll find the website where we're talking about everything that Esri does for the architecture, engineering, and construction industry. And uh, how about AECinfo at Esri.com for an email address? He's Mark. <laughs> if this whole Esri thing doesn't work out, he's got a great future in podcasting. There I'm looking forward to it. You're absolutely spectacular. All right, as usual, we're going to have all the contact information for Mark Esri out on industrialtalk.com. So fear not. Don't, don't worry. You'll be able to get a hold of him. The future's bright. Learn more about it. Connect. Collaborate. Find out more. Go to, oh, oh yeah, here's the plug, omg.org. Make that happen. You find people like Mark with a C. All right, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. Stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. Again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk and for your continued support. I can't encourage you enough to go out to omg.org. That was in D.C. That was Q1. And it is. It's it's a collection of these professionals that want to solve problems and want to big time help you succeed and and defining those standards. You get people like Mark, M-A-R-C, not K, Goldman. Esri is the company, and they're doing a lot with uh, GIS, BIMS, Digital Twin. Uh, it's happening. And the only encouragement that I could get you is that you continue to educate. You continue to collaborate, collaborate with Mark, and, of course, the innovation that has to happen because it's happening. And so just make it happen. Uh, that is omg.org. Find out more. You, uh, they're, they're great, great, great people. Uh, I can't uh, say that enough. All right. Industrial talk. It is an ecosystem that is continuously expanding, and, and it really wants to just highlight the professionals, the individuals within industry, and and just really celebrate what's taking place. You need to be a part of it. It's easy. Just go out to industrialtalk.com. Reach out to me and just be able to say, hey, Scott, I want to be a part of this organization, this platform. Then we have a conversation. It's just that simple. You need to be able to be a part of it. All right. Be bold. Be brave. Dare greatly. Hang out with people like Mark with a C, and you're going to change the world. We're going to have another great conversation coming from OMG Q1 shortly, so stay tuned.